You're listening to Wolves Radio. I'm Mikey Burrows, and this is a Wolves Weekly with a difference. Joining me to discuss the latest goings-on is the former Wolves midfielder, Dave Edwards, and the former Wolves women winger, defender in any position that she chose to play in, Claire Hakeman. <laughs> Let's get into it, first of all, though, to you both. And we'll start with the first team this week, Dave, because I know you were there uh, working in the media and watching the game, what do you make of it in the end? And and what were the big takeaways really that Yulan Lopetegui will have been watching on? I think the the main thing he'll be happy with is that fighting spirit, which has been there in recent weeks. The Brentford game in particular, um, I think that that's massive. When when you're going through a situation like that at the moment, and all you can do as players with without the direction of a manager. Is, is roll up your sleeves and show everyone how much it means to play for the football club. And I really felt they epitomised that on, on Saturday. With difficult circumstances, um, and in particular the second half, where they really limited Brighton to very, very little. And that was down to just desire and, and not wanting um, Brighton to get that, that winner. Um, and they went so close to doing it. So I think that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. They had to hang, handle some difficulties in the first half. But first five minutes, Brighton could have gone and won four, five nil the way they were playing. But a few tactical switches from Steve Davis, they dropped a little bit deeper and, and they really frustrated Brighton. So there was positives, but just need points on the board, don't they, as, as quickly as possible. And I have no doubt that the manager coming in will will steer them sort of to safety. But for them to get some points before he arrives would have been nice. Claire, it's funny, isn't it, sometimes in football that you come out with more credit from a narrow defeat with a player less than maybe the week before getting the draw at Brentford. Yeah, 100%. I think you saw a lot of those characteristics that Dave's just spoken about in terms of battling back, you know, to concede and then come straight back and then to take a 2-1 lead. I think, you know, as a Wolves fan, how frustrating it's been to not, not be able to hold on to that. Um, I think was pretty tough to take because I th- thought we actually, you know, played well in parts. Um, albeit, I think Brighton were a particularly strong team. I think they were fantastic in the final third and very intricate in their play. And I think we really did struggle defensively to cope with them in and around the box. But um, I think just the fact that we did bounce back and that there was positives to take was good. We scored two goals, which is, you know, a real plus because that hasn't hasn't been happening frequently. And um, I think it was, you know, positives to take. But like Dave says, when you look at the box, of the table and you know that the next game going into a long break is Arsenal at home you, you know you're not expecting you know a point from that would be fantastic but the likelihood is it, it might not be any points again on, on Saturday so looking at the position in the table it's it's, t- it's a tough one to take but we've got to start turning these positive displays into points. We talk about um, football being a funny old game to use that cliche Edo uh, we actually scored two goals for the first time in the Premier League this season, for the first time since Chelsea away at the back end of last campaign. But yet we've started to look a, a little bit more susceptible at the back. Do you think there's a correlation and or is it simply a confidence issue at the moment that's that's putting them in that situation? Because early on in the season, we look pretty good defensively. No, I think there is there's definitely a correlation. I think the um the manager coming in, Steve Davis, he'll know what the fans want. They would want it to score goals and be a little bit more ambitious going forward. And I think under Bruno Large, it was very strategic in the way they attacked. It was quite slow. And we, we said quite a few times, I worked with you, Mikey, that they need to just do things a little bit quicker at times in the final third. And I think Steve Davis has understood that. 
but at the same time, playing that more attacking style, trying to get bodies forward quicker, it does leave you vulnerable on the counter-attack. You look at the Leicester goals in particular, where they lost 4-0, all of those more or less on turnover possessions and getting cut through. And then as a, as a backline, Max Kilman, Nathan Collins, all of a sudden you don't have that protection in front of you as much as what you normally would. So I think there's a that it is a correlation. But then with that, start conceding goals, the confidence starts to drop a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure once a new manager comes in, Wolves' defensive solidity will come back. So they've got good, they've got good players, especially in the heart of that defence. Um, bueno's coming and done terrific as well on that left side. Um, but I think it's more what's in front of them, trying to be um have less chances kind of coming to that back line. There's that extra layer of protection, which Ruben Neves and, and Jean Matino did give a lot. It's been a little bit more not gung-ho by any means, but They've wanted to get more bodies forward quicker um, and it's cost them a little bit defensively. How do you get yourself out of a, a rut, for want of a better word? I mean, you look back on your Premier League seasons for Wolves, quite a few of them, almost all of them were uh, of battling against relegation then eventually succumbing to it. How do you keep the mentality and keep the focus and, and try and play your way into form? Because in, in some respects given the situation with terms of injuries and players not being available, there are players who have to play themselves into form. It is. And I think it's very, very different to when, to when I was in the team in the Premier League because there's a lot better players there now. So we knew that it would be acceptable for us to kind of shut up shop, be difficult to beat. We're a Mick McCarthy team. We, we run for each other. We work for each other. We know we haven't got the best quality in the league, but sometimes be enough to go and get a result and those results are so critical in the Premier League whereas the players they have now with the technical ability they have it's, it's a different way of trying to play your way out of trouble they're going to still try to pass the ball do it in a, um, a footballing way rather than that I say that just mentality of right we're not going to lose today first and foremost our mentality on is we will not lose this game of football if we nick a goal brilliant um, but the way this wall team will need to play with the players they've got and how expansive they are and the Premier League being a million miles better than what it was when when I was playing the Premier League. Um, it's going to be a lot more difficult for these boys, I think. Well, this is for both of you. Um, and Edda, you can go first and Claire, then jump in. I, I just wondered whether you think that, um, has the Premier League changed in, in the last decade or so? Because you look at Burnley getting relegated and you kind of feel like, is that element of being able to to play in a certain way and grind out results that much harder now because of the way teams have set up to play. And yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a dynamic to that. I think that the um, the overall stand of the Premier League is a lot better. I think when I was playing, you still had the top four teams, five teams, six teams who were unbelievably good, but you would always back yourself to just play in a horrible way against the teams around you. Whereas I think that you look at Brighton now, for instance, it's a team who not finishing top half the season, top half the league every single season, but you look how well organised they are, you look at the football they play, you look how much they can open you up and there's pretty much every team in the league's like that now. So I think with that, just having that ability, I know I said they, they showed a lot of fight and desire the other day, but they still had to be technically good as well to handle the ball wolves in sort of trying to make a fight of the game. Whereas you can't just be sitting ducks now for 90 minutes trying to scrap out. I just, I think... 
every single team in that league is too good and they'll find you out. So it's, it's definitely improved in that way. It means you probably need to be able to play a different way to get out of the, uh, out of the trouble Wolves are in. Yeah, I'd, I'd add to that and just say that I think you've got to be versatile, haven't you? I think there's a lot of squads that we'll come up against that have got masses of players on the bench that can absolutely change the game. And if if you look at our bench, no disrespect to the players that were on it on, on the weekend, we had a lot of our under-21s, 18, 19-year-old boys. Um, you know, we didn't we looked at the bench and we haven't had masses to change it. And this is going back possibly like half a season now where we've looked to the bench and there isn't a lot to go at in, in terms of our quality. And a lot of that has been to do with a bit of bad luck in terms of injuries we've had some really serious long-term injuries Jimenez has been battling them now for possibly it seems like a season or more Neto has, has really not come back as, as the player he possibly was either um, so there's other considerations in terms of that but I think there's just like Edo says there's so much quality in there like in the in the teams that are in and around us and you know I'd probably say the Brentford game a couple of weeks ago we were actually on a par I think with with Brentford in terms of quality I think they were there for the taking and but the difference you know sometimes can be just that little fine margin of, of going to get the result that we needed and um, obviously you look at Brentford's squad as a whole they, they do have a striker in Ivan Tony that, that we've missed and we've just been a bit unlucky as it, it's gone through but we just haven't been, been able to, to re- replace the goals and I think you really get exposed this season and the reason why we're where we are is, is really defined by the fact that we, we haven't had a central striker score a goal this season and we've scored only eight goals so you can't get away with that in the Premier League anymore you've, you know you've got to you've got to not concede as much you know keep it tight at the back and and score goals and at the moment we've obviously been starting to slip a through goal, few goals through and I think that is related to confidence we're, we're in an in-between phase waiting for a new manager to come in um, and we're still not scoring quite the goals that we should be um, Talking of goals though Claire how good was it to see Gonzalo Guedes get his first for the club and actually a really good goal Yeah b- brilliant resilience from him wasn't it because he could easily have gone down there he had a little clip um, and it was great to see him stay on his feet and get the finish away. And I think we've been waiting for that kind of performance from him. And so I'm so pleased that he got his moment and fair play to Steve Davis, James Collins. They were on decision making there. Adama stayed on the bench and, you know, Guedes gets his goal to equalise early on in the game, which is, you know, fantastic for them as well. So um, it was great to see him impact and we, we need a bit more from him now. And I think he will take the boost from uh, a new manager coming in. And it's a bit of a fresh start for a lot of them, maybe some that haven't been performing as well. Um, I think it's tough when there's caretaker managers knowing this isn't going to be for a long term and not quite knowing when it when it is going to end. But now we do have a plan and there's a there's a way forward. And I think players need to start stepping up and and showing what they can do. Yeah, there is a new head coach coming in, Yulan Lopetegui, confirmed uh, in the build up to the game on Saturday. Um, Dave Edwards, if you're a player in that dressing room, you were there when Nuno first came in. What's the feeling like when a high-profile person like that is coming in and and knowing that they're going to have a clear idea and identity of of what they want this football club to be and to where to go? It'd be be so exciting for the players, and in particular the players who haven't worked with him. Imagine being someone like Max Kilman getting to work with an elite, elite elite-level manager who's managed Spain's national team, managed Real Madrid... What, what an incredible opportunity for you as a player to, to hopefully learn and improve. And speaking to, um, managed to speak to Ruben Nevers after the game for a little bit on, on Saturday. And I was asking him about him. And he was, again, so excited about it because he said he's just such a, a top, top coach. So he's seen that firsthand. Um, 
And when I look at the what's gone on before this in terms of what Bruno Large coming in, not quite working out, and then going for Lopetegui, not being able to get him, and then going for Mick Beal, all these things, and finally getting your man, it might be a bit of a blessing that Wolves have gone through this stage, that they've actually kind of fallen down because it's forced them into making this move. And if Bruno Large continues to just improve the team a little bit and maybe get into mid-table, then say this opportunity wouldn't have arose for Wolves. And now they are in a difficult position. And the main thing is to get out of trouble first and foremost. But Wolves want to be an elite club. And to do that, you need an elite manager. And they've got one now. And although they've been on an upward trajectory over the last so five or six years, Wolves, the last 18 months has kind of plateaued a little bit and gone down. And now they've got an opportunity to get out of this trouble now. With You think with Lopetegui at the helm that this club could really push on and, and take that next step in their evolution. And this is a guy, Claire, who has been involved, obviously, with his national team, been involved at some huge football clubs and, and got to the back end of European competitions and whatnot, and clearly has uh, an extra interest in this role, having nearly taken it six years ago. I mean, imagine the team and the players he would have had to work with if he got the job. Six years ago, goodness <laughs> me. Um, oh, wow. Hoping like midfield runners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but the, but this is the thing, isn't it, Claire? That, you know, you the, the, clearly he's put a lot of thought into it. And, and that actually kind of fills me with uh, confidence, really, that this isn't someone who, who doesn't really know what they're coming into. He knows Wolves. He knows the project. And he clearly knows how he's going to fit into it. Yeah, 100%. I think he'll have done his research, wouldn't he, six years ago. And all apart from that Spain job coming up, it was, you know, seemingly a done deal. So the fact that he's come back again, we've we've waited for him, we've been patient and we've managed to land him. I think it's I think it's fantastic for the club. I think, you know, it's something that should fill us all with a bit of optimism. I think, you know, it's been uh, a tough, tough few months, you know, honestly, you know, not scoring many goals, being a bit negative, getting a bit of negativity in the media. And you can imagine the players' heads have been dropped through this period as well that is you know it's a tough one to take so but the the impetus of having a new manager everybody getting a fresh start should give them worlds of confidence I think you know this the stories that we've heard about Ruben Neves he gave him you know his, his start for Porto at age 17 he gave him the captain's armband he was the youngest captain in the you know in the Champions League to play at that point I mean I just think that's incredible and what a statement that is to some of our young players that have been getting in and around on the bench that you know you're going to get your chance onto this guy he's quite happy to you know, to play youngsters. We had Nathan Fraser on the bench at the weekend and, you know, looking forward, Hugo Bueno, obviously being Spanish himself. Well, fantastic to bring in a manager like him from, from you know, his country to come and be our manager when he's actually just broken into the team and actually flying. I think he's been fantastic, by the way. But, um, yeah, I think it's amazing positives. Johnny Otto, we know he's not on masses of great form, but, you know, Lopetegui has worked with him previously with the Spanish youth sides as well. So you hope that it might instigate a bit of something in him, Adama Traore as well, Diego Costa's worked with him previously. So there's a bit of history, isn't there, between some of our players and 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 him as well already, which I think is great. It'll create a bit of a buzz and there'll be a lot of chat about it, I imagine. And um, hopefully it's going to be a real positive time for us. See, there was a strong rumour going around Molyneux um, for quite a while, actually, 
that um, Eulen had watched uh, Wales at Euro 2016 and just decided that there was no way he could improve <laughs> that dangerous midfielder. And therefore, there was no way he was taking on the role until he'd long gone from the football club. <laughs> that, that's, that's just a silly rumour that was going around. I heard that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on. Um, Claire, you mentioned uh, Nathan Fraser. Harvey Griffiths was... Uh, amongst the substitutes as well. Um, Nathan Fraser went off injured for the under-21s in their latest defeat to West Ham. It was a 3-1 defeat. There was an own goal in there as well, but um, there were five changes from the side that had been Leicester last week. So a number of those players likely to be involved for the first team in the League Cup game against Leeds that we'll talk about in a moment. But um, it's been a, an interesting way in the 21s getting their opportunities. You mentioned Hugo Bueno. I don't, I don't know how much you'd seen of, of Hugo beforehand and how impressed you've been by the way he's adapted to first-team Premier League life. Yeah, well, I'd seen him a little bit in, um, was it last pre-season with the games or this pre-season? Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew what time. He obviously came over as a number 10, didn't he, initially? Um, and they've seen a role for him. But first time watching him properly has been these these games and I've been, been super impressed with him. His... Is calmness on the ball, um, very similar to Aitnori Nori in, in that respect. But I just feel he's got another dimension to his game than than Ryan Aitnori Nori has. Um, I say it's hard to tell off the back of two or three games, but he just seems more, even though he's come from a number 10 position, he does seem more of a natural left back. He will bomb forward. He does put crosses in the box. You saw that for, um, for Adama's goal at Palace, wasn't it? Crossing the left-hand side, that's always been one of my criticisms of Wolves fullback is they take too many touches and don't get the ball in the box quick enough. Um, I think that has contributed to the lack of goals. So it's great to see that. But then defensively, he's looked he's looked sound. You know, he's not the biggest of lads, but very much more in the mould of what uh, an Ashley Cole or someone would like that be. Would be happy defending one v one, trust his pace, and then has that technical ability which you have to have as a modern day footballer. So. Been a bit of a meteoric rise for him over the last month or so. Got his new contract and delighted for him. And now he's got, he'd been looking at Lopetegui as the national team manager, as the Real Madrid manager. And now he's thinking, I'm in the first team and he's coming to manage me. Like Claire said, what an amazing opportunity for him. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And he, he fully deserves that opportunity. And the next batch of players trying to go on a similar path or up against Reading. On Friday afternoon, you'll be able to see that game live and free on Wolves TV. The under-18s this weekend beat Liverpool 4-3. A couple of goals for Fabian Reynolds, Josh Essen and Owen Farmer on the score sheet as well. And Claire, yet another win for Wolves women. What another great season they're having. Yeah, they definitely are. They beat Brighouse uh, 2-0 in the league um, on Sunday. So uh, we had goals from Beth Merrick and Amber Hughes, 11 goals so far for her uh, in all competitions, which is pretty unbelievable. She's an absolutely superb striker and, uh, you know, uh, excellent. Uh, Dan McNamara is one manager of the month as well. Um, so we're hoping there's no curse that comes along with that. But um, they're doing fantastically well. They're, they're top of the table. They're three points clear from the, the two teams below them. But, you know, I think it's going to be a tough season, to be honest. I think the two teams below them are Burnley and Nottingham Forest and both have invested heavily in their women's sides. They've got you know, lone players that have come in from WSL sides up in, uh, from Manchester United and, and surrounds. So um, it's going to be tough. It's, you know, it's a competitive season. The league gets better every season, which it always does. But um, really important that Wolves just keep doing what they do, which is not conceding many and, and scoring goals. And that's exactly the way that they've set off at the moment. And you're uh, off to Edo stomping around at Shrewsbury this weekend. 
Yeah, so it's FA Cup action now. So Wolves women are headed into a, a real uh, campaign of having league games up until now. But now we head into something like I think it reads FA Cup, County Cup, League Cup, back to FA Cup. So it's a you know a month of cup fixtures. So Shrewsbury Town is the the venue. So it's an away game, Edo. So you know you might want to pop down and have your split loyalties. Yeah, <laughs> I know they're very excited about it. I've seen it in the. So all the newspapers and the social media, which I follow around Shrewsbury Town women and things like that. Uh, it's a great draw for them. Yeah, so. it is. Well, I mean, Shrewsbury are in tier five, I believe. So, you know, it's a it's a huge tie for them and it'd be great to to see plenty of fans down there if they can. But um, big opportunity for Wolves women. The, the, the money that they've put into the FA have actually put into the Women's FA Cup this year. They're trying to balance it slightly. Um, so I think it's something like this time last year would have been a £1,000 for winning it in the first round proper. proper. On Sunday, it's going to be £6,000 for winning, which is like, a, you know, a huge increase for the teams and will make a big difference to clubs like Shrewsbury that have got to this point and, and, and made a bit of money so far. Getting to this round is fantastic for them as well. Well, I was going to ask you about how, how Wolves will approach this tie this weekend because the FA Cup was kind of the thing that really invigorated um, a lot of people's interest in the Wolves women's side after what well, had been a crazy couple of years, really, with being denied promotions and whatnot. Um, but last year was a bit of disappointment in going out early. Uh, there's a number of young players, I guess, that would be hoping for an opportunity, as always happens in cup fixtures now. But do you think on the basis of that prize money, Dan McNamara might look at this and go, we're going to go actually quite as strong as we, we need to go? I think he'll probably balance it. I think it'll be a strong team that, that that's there. I think the squad will also have some youngsters in there. So we've got some of the under-16s from the RTC that are ready to, to step up into reserves football and some of the reserves that are playing brilliantly as well. So um, I expect to see some changes. Um, a lot of players like Ali Miller's been in and around the squad and I expect her to possibly get a start. But, you you know, it's, it's cup football, isn't it? It's classic cup football, the same as Wolves for the Leeds game tomorrow. You expect to see a little bit of rotation, but the priority will be definitely going to get the result. Right. Let's have a little bit of fun before we finish off. I'm springing this on both Dave Edwards and Claire Hageman, but I know they'll be absolutely up for the challenge. So when Wolves take on Leeds, of course... Everybody thinks back to the 6th of April, 2015, and a certain dangerous substitute who came on and won a seven-goal thriller on, uh, I think it was Easter Monday at the time, took us into the top six at the time. It was a wonderful game. And, of course, we'll be showing it again on Match Day Live Extra in the build-up to the match on Wednesday night. But can you both... Remember the Wolves starting lineup that day. So we're going to play a game. Oh, wow. That we like to refer to as 1 to 11. We play this in the office all the time. You'll take it in turns. You've got three lives. <laughs> if you mention someone who's on the bench, you get what we call a bench bounce, which means you get to guess again. So, Claire, you get to go first because. Oh, that's really kind. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. let's play 1 to 11, Claire. For your first guess of what was the Wolves' starting lineup when they beat Leeds 4 3 in April 2015? Uh, Dave Edwards? I'm afraid that's a bench bounce. <laughs> Edo came on for the last 20 oh. minutes of the game. You get another we, guess. We were 3 1 up on that. Uh, <laughs> they were 3 1 up. Wow, the, mate, this is. Came on. Oh, wow. Uh, you're catching me right on the hop here. This is going to go down really well. I feel like I'm at a slight disadvantage for this. Was it away from home? 
Gnomes yeah. at home. Molyneux. Uh, Molyneux. Uh, so it's um, first season backup from League back One. First season. Oh, okay. Right. Um, with all the, in particular, the, the front three had a song about them. Newadico. Newadico is correct. Okay. Wicked. Okay. Good. Newadico is improving. I'll go for Carl Aikimi because he was on the celebrations. He was running around his box. Carl Aikimi is correct. Okay. Um, Okay, the, the front three from the song, did all three play it, though? Just, can I no, ask for no, clues? Is that, is, can I ask him do questions? That? No. I'm just checking he said the song. It's so a competition I know between you two. He's not going to, he's D- already helped you out more than he should. Dicko, a phobie. What, what, is your, what is your guess, Claire? Stop trying to cheat. I'm, okay, I'm going to go for a phobie. I'm trying to like, gain, like, you know. Benic, a phobie is correct, yeah. I'm going to start, I'll keep going from the back. I'll go for Danny Bach. Scored no goal. Yeah. <laughs> he Daniel Park. He's not going to uh, thank you for bringing that up either. Okay, so um, was this the, this? Oh, I think this was the year when we beat the Liverpool in the FA Cup. Was that that season? Can yeah. I ask for these clues? Is this not good? It's, it's around then, though, right? Yeah. Those it's the steers. Steers, yeah. Steers. Are, are you going for steers? Yeah, I'm going to go for steers. Richard Stearman is correct. Yeah, steers played. The person who crossed it for me, Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald is correct. I think I feel like this is some disadvantage when Dave played yeah, in the game. Yeah, he did, you know, yeah. like we could do this test for Wolves women another time if you yeah, see, you know, see how that goes. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna persist. The goals on, um, I'm the gonna goals persist. On loop in the house as well. So ah, oh, mate, like every day. Yeah, yeah. every day. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with a song because the Dave's clue at the start it was quite helpful. So it's Dickophobia Sacco. Yes, Bakary Sacco. He playing was he? That's a gamble. Yeah, Bakri Saka was playing. Yeah, that's the front three, sorted. Jack Price playing the field with Kevin McDonald. It was Jack Price, yeah. How many, how many lives have I got? How you many got lives? Three, you got three uh, lives. You're okay. Uh, There's no I'm, phone a friend option. I was going to say, I could phone somebody. That would really help. I'll tell you what you're looking for. You're looking for a right back, a left back, and a mid, right midfielder. I'm trying to think of the fullback. He, uh, the guy that went to Shrewsbury, did he go to Shrewsbury? Um, Goldborn? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Goldborn. Scott Goldborn was the left back. Yeah. He, he went to Shrewsbury, didn't he? Yeah. He did. Get, get him in your team. I know. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm done now, I, I reckon, I though. I'm done. I don't know. It's between two for the right midfield. I know this player play because he passed the ball to Kevin McDonald, but I don't know if he came on or not or starts. It was Rajiv Van Lepara. It's a bench bounce. Do I get another go? Yeah, you get another go. James Henry? It is James Henry. Oh, man. Top yeah, Rajiv Van Lepara was the only other substitute used in the game. Um, well, so you're basically yeah, you're looking for the right back now. No, Matt, Do- Matt Doherty now. Would be a really good guess, but it's a bench bounce. Oh, I think that should be like a bonus point or something now. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to struggle. Right, he's still looking for a right back. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to have to. Can I just hand it over to Dave to finish off and, okay, and complete complete the task? Go on, Dave. I thought I was going to go for Doc. So who right back? Dom, 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 Dom,
Um, Claire, I'm going to give you an opportunity to potentially steal and win this, though. Um, which current England and Premier League international midfielder was playing for Leeds that day? Oh, that's easy. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not. Uh, well, it's, it's easy for Edo because he's playing against him, right? I'm like, uh, eras, you're testing my brain. He's, I mean, he's only 26. He was a young, young boy at the time. Not Calvin, can't be him. Calvin Phillips, no. Calvin Phillips. Really? Wow. How old was he? 26, 15. Yeah. He's, wow. Young boy. Young boy. Very different Leeds team that day. Silvestri, Byron, Bamba, Barardi, Wooten, Taylor, Cooper, Murphy, Phillips, Antonucci and Mowat. Wow. Fair play. And Billy Sharp came off the bench. Billy Sharp. We were 3-1 up and they brought me on. Went back to 3-3 very quickly. <laughs> it took took Nura Dicko off thinking the game was won. Yeah, bring me on. Both of you, thank you very much, Dave Edwards and Claire Hakeman, for being on Wolves Weekly this week. And as I say, uh, Match Day Live Extra, we will show again as we always do whenever we play Leeds. Uh, I, I mean, it's harsh because it's not even Edo's finest moment in a Wolves <laughs> show. He did loads of other good ones. But we always remember him for that one game. Um, it was absolutely unbelievable. Oh. Thank you for both for being with us. No problem. Cheers, Mikey.